0: <laughs> Welcome to bonus barrel. I am Rob and with me is Sean. It's, it's the RSSSL feed. Yes. Just because there's, uh, yeah. there's a left here, a wild left. You know, I know at least two people who are going to be happy to hear this. One
1: mean, of them
0: is on the call. Happy. Oh, okay. Three people then. <laughs> so that
2: implies I'm, that you and Shelby and Sage are not happy there?
3: No, I am happy. I'm, I'm happy.
2: I'm <laughs> I'm I'm just, <laughs> I'm I'm just messing, messing with you. I'm super happy. You know me.
0: Uh, yes, we do. We knew. We do know who left is left. Uh, almost the founder of the show. Just about. Yeah, you're like through what eight episodes in before you jump. No, it was like five episodes in before you. Yeah, jump it back. was something less, less than that. Yeah. Yep.
4: Fun so fact: What's it? there is a there used to be a podcast called the All Gen Gamers Podcast, and they did sort of like video game stuff. They were like the the retro community amateur podcast theme show for a while. And their first six episodes are almost unlistenable. And it's not until episode, uh, I think it's actually episode six, when Jason Heine joined them and he came in as the producer. Jason and Heine. he actually made the show fantastic. <laughs> and I equate Left's joining Bonus Barrel the same way that I equate Jason <laughs> Heine joining uh, so Algern Gamers. Ahead. Oh, jeez. Wherein no, the pre Left episodes are almost unlistenable.
0: I mean, I wouldn't. I would go Whoa. that far. Actually, I would say they're all unlistenable, even until now. I,
2: I mean, you're not. You're not wrong, but not because I joined, though. But it was because we just everyone. Everyone got a little bit better.
0: It's because Marshall left. That's why it got better.
2: Whoa! <laughs>
1: Ouch! Joking. Jeez Marshall's Louise.
0: great. Um. So we got a lot of shenanigans. We got a full house. We got a good topic. So, uh, what? Let's talk about the first thing on Sagey's board here: Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, I'm the only one playing it, I assume, here?
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Cool. Alright, well then I'm the expert of this little mini-topic here. Uh, Well, it's a Pokemon game. It is, uh, like every Pokemon game that's come before it, it's, you know, like 80% fun, 20% frustration. Um, Like, for example, my biggest complaints are, so far, uh, the lack of voice acting is now kind of noticeable because they have these like really cool cutscenes, and they have like the, uh, these characters are talking they're emoting. The bottom of the screen has like the, the letter, you know, them speaking subtitles or whatever, but there's no sound coming from their voice. There's music, sound from the crowds, and it's really noticeable. I wish that they would have had like, even if they had like a Sims or Animal Crossing, like thing, that would have been better than just the void of silence. So that that bothers me. And the other thing is, and this is a technical complaint that I definitely agree with, is that the wild area, which is super cool, and this is not game-breaking, is, it stutters like crazy when loading different portions of it. Because there's so much shit, right? Like, I play online, or pseudo-online, so there's like, I don't know, hundreds of avatars running around the wild area, and you can talk to them and they'll give you free shit, and they're based off of other players. Um, and Pokemon are kind of popping up, so whatever reason, no matter how many low-poly trees they put in there, it still stutters a bit, and that's kind of annoying but you know whatever i have played mmos on and off for decades and i'm kind of used to that so not doesn't bother me too much but it's certainly valid and uh yeah those are the only two major complaints i have so far otherwise it's it's fun you know lots of new pokemon a mix of old pokemon everywhere battle system great
4: how do you feel about the the deceit from game freak You mean dexit no no deceit like the lies
0: <laughs> oh oh sorry i thought you were talking about dexit <laughs> Uh, but I thought you're pronouncing it like DC. Uh, <laughs> I'm no. Like what? Are you being like you seriously don't know? How- all right. Anyways, um, <laughs> I don't. I don't care. What? I, so I've talked about friends on and off about that. And frankly, really, Game Freak should never have given that reason. They should have just been, we're not including all of them in this one. Uh, you'll see more than the next games.
4: Don't worry. And so the reason, it, yeah, the lie was that. So they they didn't include the whole Pokedex in this game. Yeah, And the what reason that they, they gave happened. was that they were making new, they were building each Pokemon from scratch, essentially. And yeah.
3: high-quality um, animations.
4: Yeah, but ultra-reliable 4chan uh, mm-hmm. released a side-by-side image of wireframes that they uh, they got legitimately from the game and did not just make their own in Photoshop, mm-hmm. uh, verifying that that was not the case. Um, yeah, and so uh, a lot of people are really uh, upset. That's why it has a user score of 3.5.
0: Well, I can't tell you what animation, like, I I mean, I'm sure, like, first of all, I don't know why they wouldn't just take them from the older games. I don't know why they bothered to give that flimsy excuse if that's the case. But, like, uh, so I think about, I imagine how awesome Pokemon would look with custom animations for each Pokemon with each ability. Like, imagine Pikachu's Volt Tackle or or even his Quick Attack were all unique to Pikachu. That'd be awesome. Uh, But there's, like, literally over a thousand pokemon and uh, i just don't see how that's a, a viable way of making a game in a timely fashion
4: it's okay nasty. so that, yeah i'm glad you mentioned the number of pokemon i have another question mm-hmm. uh this was online somebody on twitter i i can only assume a developer from a major company like bioware or <laughs> uh rare or retro tweeted this because the the numbers and it seems very factual um mm-hmm. So he posted that uh, approximately if we say 10 minutes for each Pokemon so that the (laughs) developers don't feel stressed, that would be six Pokemon an hour. There's 807 different Pokemon, 807 different Shiny, and let's say approximately 100 various forms of each Pokemon and 150 new generation. That's still well below 2,000 Pokemon, but for the sake of easy math, we'll say 2,000. So if 20 people work on this, and I mean 20 people working on on a game this size by Gamebrick, that should be a small number, that's that's 120 Pokemon per hour. So even if they only work three hours a day, because I assume game developers don't work all day, uh, that would be uh, 360 Pokemon a day. Um, So five to six days, bam, you're done. Why didn't they just put all the Pokemon in the game? Okay, so that's that's a joke (laughs) post, right? Uh, No, that was an actual tweet that somebody wrote as a reason why they were angry at the game. Ten minutes for each Pokemon? What the fuck are they talking about? I mean, they don't want you to feel stressed, right? So that's that's why they gave you the extra time. Man, people must think being an artist is really easy. Not just being an artist. You have to design it, code it, put it in. I hate people.
3: no yeah. it, and there's so much more than that too on the art side it's like yeah sure so if it goes to rob he's gonna concept it it's got to go through like a bunch of people so they say yes this is good to go we can build it because you don't want to design something build it and then somebody come back and say that's garbage start over because then you waste the time building it so there's like this like review process that has to be done and then when that's done you gotta fucking rig it Mm-hmm. okay you gotta skin weight it you gotta fucking do all the maps and stuff for it yep. you gotta like it's it's an insane amount of work and so 10 minutes like go fuck yourself like i don't understand these people <laughs> and well like nobody <laughs> oh, they just make assumptions on how things are done but there's so much but yeah it's like then there's coded behavior that you have to work on and then there's uh you know anybody, a, a balancing he... pass because there's how many fucking pokemon could you imagine balancing a game like this yes like, so what do you think
4: 15 to 20 minutes then per.
0: Probably, (laughs) I would say an hour maybe. It's like so like the steps. Shelby's right. The steps of going this thing is insane just to make it because first you concept the Pokemon. So like let's say it's a new Pokemon from scratch. You're going to go through a concept artist is going to potentially go through 30 to 100 drawings for just one Pokemon potentially. To get the right design. I'm talking like thumbnail sketches. And then they're going to do color versions. And, and cleaned up drawings. And then people are still going to fight over which ones they're going to want to pick. Because no one's ever going to agree. So yeah. it's going to be a bunch of designers. Other artists. Uh, stakeholders and stuff. They're all going to be arguing over which Pokemon will represent that. Then it'll, then after it's finally concepted. And there's a nice little you know concept sheet for the 3D artist. They'll take it. Like Shelby said. Model it in whatever form. And then they'll have someone who will who will texture it. So that means like painting on the textures. Pokemon aren't exactly super detailed, so that probably not not too bad. Uh, And then like Shelby said as well, rigging it, weighting it, and all the other crap that goes. Yeah, but I'm adding a few more. Then there might be animatics that they make for the animations. They might do storyboardings for those to see how that thing would actually work. Then they would have to actually animate it. So that would go to an animator to do. And then it has to be put in the game for the QA to test it and and then it might go back and forth so they might go oh this doesn't work so then we're gonna have to do this all you know start yeah, then
3: there's a sound yeah. pass
0: yeah uh, yeah it's exactly effects,
3: audio fucking effects like yep visual effects oh my coding, god
4: coding it's so, a huge process for just one pokemon if i'm hearing probably. you guys as <laughs> oh, as no. actual game developers if i'm hearing you correctly it sounds like people on the internet with no training might not have any idea how games are made
3: Uh, there's no fucking way okay
0: (laughs) i'm gonna play a little i'm not gonna be as harsh as you guys about that there's definitely gonna be ignorance there and 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 it's not like game developers can't lie if they if indeed everything i've heard is true if game freak said that's the reason and then it's shown that they're just using the 3ds models like so so okay from my perspective taking those models and adding you know if they need more polys adding them if they need to fix the rigging stuff but they're using those rigs as base that's completely valid time saving method they yep. should do that but they shouldn't say we're rebuilding it from scratch if they're not now if they said that and then realized, oh fuck we don't have the time to do that and then they started doing those anyways and that's completely natural part of game development you're going to realize that oh shit our intentions were great and idealistic but that's not going to happen now we don't have the time for this what can yeah. we do to save time without sure. cutting everything and they already um, cut yeah, exactly. And they already cut half the Pokemon so that I'm sure they didn't want to cut more. Yeah, it sucks. But, you know, games are still a business and companies are still going to expect you to get this game out at the time that they planned. Yeah, because there's a whole bunch of fucking stockholders and shit are going to be bitching and going insane because you didn't get it done in time. It is just a, it's not some dude making a simple game by himself that he can just like, oh, I'll just make up. a And even that's really hard, too. So but but when you factor in the committee and all that shit, it's just and it's an insane process. But i I just want to people should still be able to to have criticism about a game games aren't perfect just because they're hard
4: i just wanted to to say that Uh, i do have a serious question um specifically with the wireframes which i assume you guys can answer even if they built it from scratch is it not reasonable that it would still look the same as the 3ds wireframe Uh, because it's the same pokemon
0: it's just built in a different engine if yep. you're talking about wireframe, you mean like the 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 skeleton, right? The rigged
4: skeleton. Yeah, yeah, because uh, that's what they were. Yeah. That's that's the images they showed to say, hey, they lied. These are the exact same.
3: Not the. It wouldn't be a rigged skeleton. He's just talking about like you know when you take like uh, the anchor
4: points and stuff. It's just like lines, lines on a screen yeah, in the shape of a Bulbasaur.
3: Yeah, I don't so, know what it's
0: called. Oh, okay, the bones. Uh, oh God. Uh, Oh, I know what you're talking about but i don't know the name of it shelby you clearly know the name can, of it so no please. it is
3: just called wireframe can you can okay. you send us a picture of what you're talking about sean just so every yeah, i don't sure. think it's it's i don't think it's anything to do with the rig i think it's literally just like you can see the edges of the polygons and shit
0: oh really is that what they oh fuck! i thought you were so, talking about because the then you're actual... looking at the
3: like the mesh like what the mesh looks like and what the how the polygons are like
4: jesus like, christ how
3: something is modeled uh
4: so it was just, uh, i'll find it for you but it yeah. it, it was here, I'll just um, find it was right. just like it was just wires. It was nothing. There was no skin okay. on it. It was so just... while while you guys are are looking that up,
0: I'll just mention that. So when a model is made, you might be able to fit certain animals or, or characters in the certain um, like a default. Uh, they're, well, they're they're rigs, right? And and what I mean is like if you have a quadruped in a game, you'll reuse the same rig for a lot of quadruped as many as you can possibly get. If yes. you can line up those things, it saves time and like. It's not a 10-minute process to make an entirely new creature Definitely in, in any game. And, like, and if you can reuse a rig, that is good because that will save you precious time that you can put in, in other places, I mean.
4: Okay, so th- this is the image that was shared that somebody said, look, oh, okay. they lied, these are the same. Okay. That's just a standard setup that you would do for the Pokemon, though. That's the like, image like that the is internet is be, uh, that Is the of. image that the internet is using to say game freak lied. they didn't build these from scratch. Okay, but
3: yeah, they are I will give them that they're pretty they look to me anyway, I definitely identical. Um but yeah. you know what? That's like if you, they might what they meant by scratch was they might have just done a pass on everything and looked at everything and then picked the ones that needed work. You know what I mean? Like maybe they just went through and they're just, oh wow, there's the dick again. Sorry um,
4: <laughs> Wow
3: There's this wonderful dick pic Under the Bulbasaur wireframes That uh, Where did that dick come from? Who I don't knows? know
4: Sometimes dicks just show up yeah. on anything that you can draw on Yeah I'm going to go ahead and mark that off on my bonus barrel bingo card Of things <laughs> that we uh, <laughs> weren't expecting to hear
3: um, <laughs> Anyway
4: I think we don't record in
0: person Otherwise that could have been really awkward Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's the dick again. <laughs> oh, no.
3: oh no. Um yeah, no. Um I can't even remember where it was going with that now. But oh yeah, right. they might have just like gone through all the Pokemon and went, yeah, maybe this could use like an art pass or something. And what that basically means is they'll get somebody to look at it, um, maybe make some revisions, or maybe like, you know, they're just like, Oh, well, uh, we need uh extra polys here so that the joints deform properly, kind of thing. And then maybe they just did that but i don't know i think for them like uh, there's a ton of pokemon and i think honestly they didn't really need any excuses to cut them like to cut any pokemon they didn't they should have just said we're cutting pokemon and then just fucking deal with it and if you'll see them later
0: yeah you'll see them yeah they should have just been like each new game we're going to re-add 200 more of them so the new generations you're going to get them back it's yeah. you know we're just we're say we're focusing our areas on making other parts of the game look interesting yeah. like the environments and the cutscenes and the all the like uh, customizations and shit we're mm-hmm. focusing on that so there's not as many pokemon this time we want to focus on a on a smaller number to get the the new uh, fucking um balancing right like there's a lot of reasons that are valid uh if if that is the only reason they gave then it's a flimsy reason it's a flimsy excuse for something that doesn't need a, a, an excuse just Explain your actions and and let mm-hmm. people deal with it. If you try to, you know, soften the blow, and then they realize that hey, you you didn't tell us the whole truth. They're gonna freak out. And even if some of that what they said is true, or if they had to change their mind due to due the time constraints, well, they fucked up anyways because mm-hmm. they said something they probably shouldn't have. uh But I love the game.
3: Isn't Bulbasaur not in Sword and Shield?
0: He's not actually wait. He no, he's not.
4: Well, he wait, must what? be because this image was taken from. Wait the game. Wait, wait wait
0: wait! I didn't <laughs> even make that connection. I'm pretty sure only Charizard the charizard line is, yeah, is in. that's that's
2: what i heard yeah what
4: the? No, fuck? That, that can't that can't be possible guys because this is the super <laughs> accurate image that 4chan shared to prove they lied
3: <laughs> oh yeah. anyway
0: oh oh wow i didn't even make that shit yeah anyways uh they may have reused that stuff i don't know yeah. but that didn't for bubble store because i'm i don't think he's in the game
4: no he is this this image shows that he's in the game okay <laughs> <laughs> all right, sorry. I, I just had questions about that because that was, no, that was sort of sure like the, the, the hot button interested. stuff this week. And you guys are my real source of, of how games are made. Like, um, I don't we know, we know how Nintendo works.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know how Nintendo works, honestly, but I assume it's not that different from any other com- company when it comes to the uh, process.
4: Yeah. Except you- for all the lying.
0: Well, yeah, every company <laughs> lies <with it. laughs> I I just hope people who are saying all this stuff or at least trying it out before they freak out because like a lot of the shit I heard, like I'm, I'm playing the game and I'm not seeing a lot of the complaints. Like those, the tree thing is ridiculous. You don't even notice it. I don't know why that was thing. (sighs) Yeah. Well, anyways, it has a 3.5 user score from, I'm sure all those people who probably played it uh, to that point. I don't like, I don't know, man. I think people should be able to, to not like a a popular game and stuff. It's just, I just, I, feel like a lot of this shit is just outrage based off of not actually ever having, you know, played it. And maybe even weren't going to play it. I don't know. Am I crazy?
4: No, I think that's probably more accurate. There's people who were never going to play this game who were screaming how angry they were. Yeah.
0: But uh, for that being, oh, and I heard another person say it's like super short. And maybe it is, but I'm seven hours in and I just beat the first gym. So I don't know. I guess if I was just speed rushing it with one Pokemon, I probably could did you get bulbasaur yet no i haven't seen them <laughs> i'm using a new i'm trying to use newer pokemon although i have a few older ones in my team so far but i'm trying to use the newer ones because i'm always interested in seeing new pokemon but i just got an, an eevee so i mean i have to I have Oh, to. eevee's the best yeah i have to change i have to at least add that uh yeah anyways are you, any of you guys going to play pokemon eventually the Sword and show
3: no okay
4: i was a maybe like this was if i was gonna play one this would have been the one because it seemed like it was accessible but i'm hearing that let's go is probably more accessible
0: it's more accessible yeah it is i mean if you haven't played let's go i would recommend that too especially if you have you played any pokemon before
4: yeah i i beat um uh alpha sapphire and blue oh nice yeah so the first one and then the remake for that one on 3ds, or no? Alpha Sapphire was a remake of a different one. Anyway, yeah,
0: yeah. the third one, third series, cool. And I, right.
4: liked I like them. It's it. just they're like simple, they're RPG lights. You know what I mean? They're simple. It's, yeah, they are. So, and there's nothing how wrong about, with that. I I enjoy that sometimes.
0: How about you, Seiji?
5: You used to like the Pokemon. Do you want to play play this one? Oh, I love Pokemon. I, I think so. Yeah. Good. Good. I was very surprised about all this scoring shenanigans. So I'm a bit disappointed point it but just a very tiny tiny bit um but it's more with people i guess
0: <laughs> i don't know people will react to things um what can yeah. you do i guess uh just give it a try if, you, if you're able to i borrow it from a friend it's really not as bad as you might have it in your head uh and i'm sure the pokemon will be back and you know it's cool not to play with another too if you feel like it's that important then you want to show the best way to do it is to show with your dollars or your wallet but the not the best way to do it is to freak out online uh, especially when you haven't played it. Just my opinion. Um, you know, take it however you
4: will. Yeah, try it or don't try it. Bam, you're done.
5: Yeah, I'm still playing um, Legion's Mansion 3. Maybe I, that, that's why I didn't get it because I want to uh, I I finish that, that first. <laughs> I, that.
4: I picked up uh, Link's Awakening this week and I should have grabbed no. Luigi's Mansion at the same time. Link's Awakening is good. I've never played it and I, I know it's uh, a, a top one for Mark. So, uh,
0: Speaking of games, Lef and I beat four games last weekend. That's crazy. Four games. We beat four games in the afternoon. We, That's uh, the reason
2: why I got roped into coming today. It's like, oh, you gotta come. We beat four yeah. games to talk about.
0: <laughs> did, but it's, it's almost like the old school times uh, back when we used to do the YouTube episodes. Yeah. Uh, we played through nights of the round. Um, Not the one that you own, right?
2: No, no. I own the <laughs> shitty one based on a cartoon that I thought was the good one. You still have that one, right? I do. I do. And it's like really hard to play because it's
0: confusing as it so fuck. Fun. Maybe. Yeah. We played the Capcom one. So I have the Capcom Beat 'em up collection and uh Lef, Lef was like does I have Nights around? And I'm like hell yeah it does. Uh, I've always and- wanted to
2: beat this game. That's why. It was one of those games from my childhood that I could get pretty far but could never finish it and then we had just Unlimited Continues. so
0: Hell yeah. Woo. Basically perfect arcade port but with uh, Unlimited Continues. So it was, yeah. you know, fun. <laughs> and we beat that. Uh but then the highlight was the Dragon's Lair trilogy. I, I had it for Switch. I think I got it through Limited Run. And um I've been wanting to play it for a while and then we're like, okay, let's fucking let's boot this up and see how it is. So we went through Dragon's Lair and then we beat the Space Ace and then we went back and beat Dragon's Lair 2. And you know they all feel kinda different.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: I've talked a lot, Left. Why don't you explain these games?
2: Oh geez. I don't know. You know um Kimmy! <laughs> i don't know so i feel i kind of feel like as an artist that's like it's a you game though um it's the thing because it's so pretty it's a very beautiful. pretty very well well designed done game like that i don't know i'm sure everyone's i was really excited because like i always knew about dragon slayer but i never i seen it in, in like an arcade when i was a kid but yeah. i never played it um so it was it was a fun experience to finally be able to like play dragon slayer and it's just like everyone would expect. It just you know move out of the way of incoming rocks and and shit like that. It was pretty much the whole game. So you're it's just quick
0: time, yeah,
2: yeah. Just quick time events from from start to end. And it's the
0: it's the order 1886. Oh yeah, kind of, but you know, a <laughs> little, not little not more, not more, more gameplay in the order. I, I, guess. I like the order. Yeah, so you have up, down, left, right, and sword as your or gun if you're playing a uh, uh, space <laughs> ace. And so the first game is is a little more confusing than the other two. It's kind of funny because Dragon's Lair 2 is probably the best of the three in terms of, of actually playing it. Uh, although Space Ace is a lot of fun. But basically in Dragon's Lair, your your GF Daphne, I think her name is. is yeah, I think it's Daphne. By, yeah, by a dragon. And then you have to go through this his lair uh which is a castle kind of and like so you'll play through these little scenes and then you have to hit the the buttons at the right time there's an indicator so you can either do a visual indicator or you can use the one the game gives you that gives you a hint or kind of a quick hey press this one it's still difficult um but yeah we definitely did not play with it with that with those off because we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have gotten anywhere i don't think
2: no we definitely, yeah, not. definitely
0: not so we played basically as a quick time and it was still really difficult and the thing about Dragon's Lair is weird is like you can't, the first one, you can't quite tell you're making progress because you don't it's weird, like you die, you get a game over you can get a game over and it starts you roughly where you ended but then it, things, then the levels get shuffled up, so as I understood it there was like 7 levels in the game and I think they shuffle the order of the screen.
2: yeah, they'll like mirror image it like you'll be going yeah. left instead of right
0: Different orders too, so so it's like like you don't realize you're making progress, it, except I guess you eventually start seeing less screens as you go because eventually <laughs> we finally got it, and then we got to the dragon's lair, and then and that was it took a while we for us to do
2: that. Super excited too. Whenever we finally got to the dragon's lair, we're like the dragon's lair. Like we got we got <laughs> so excited, it was fun.
0: There's some great overacting from Daphne too, like and she oh my is, God. she's captured, but I I think she's into it. She's loving every second of being captured just yeah. like rolling around this magical cube and she's like just doing these like sexy points and stuff she's like save me and uh showing yeah. some serious side boob She nice. is uh space ace you're you're this little nerd uh dexter i think his name is uh
2: yeah dexter or ace as he likes to be called though
0: he is the stereotypical A- this this i could sum this up uh pretty easy 80s sci-fi uh, it's so, like, like the music is, like, these, what you'd expect in an 80s kids movie. It's just, I don't know, hopefully, Sage, you can play something here, but it is ridiculous, and the voice acting is is hilarious because, like, this guy sounds like the biggest stereotypical nerd.
1: Kimmy! Kimmy!
0: <laughs> and we would die a lot, so we would
2: keep Yeah, hearing,
0: especially that scene. And so, like in that one, you have to fight like boar fur, His name is like something like that. Some weird name. Evil
2: genie. We call him yeah. the Evil
0: genie. He does look like evil. He looks like uh, the uh, Aladdin's genie, but with like big mutton chops, and <laughs> <laughs> he looks so weird. And uh, yeah, you're, and then every once in a while, in a level, you'll turn into the buffed up Ace, and the music gets all intense and stuff. It's but it's fun. <laughs> I really like that one a lot. Um, that one played very linear. Like you knew. You you knew where you are going start to finish. So basically you just get a full scene. They were relatively short. They're pretty generous with the checkpoints. Uh, which I make I think makes this makes this one the probably the easiest of the three to play. Um yes, yeah, so you're just kind of following a story and then and then you get to the end. And then lastly, there's Dragon's Lair, and we had a little bit of Eraser razor two, and we had a little bit of confusion with this one.
2: Yeah, you maybe, say? We, 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 yeah, we played through technically played through like the the main part of the game twice until we realized we need to be collecting items. It was the only one where there was these hidden items that so whenever you have to you know dodge left or something like that every once in a while there's certain areas where you'd see a hidden item instead of going left you would need to go right to grab the item. Yeah. So we weren't we were non-committal towards these items. Cause we just wanted to finish through the game. Um, but after playing through the four levels, four or five levels that they gave you, um, and long it, time. Yeah, and they were long and very like they were kind of like acid trips half the time too. They were so <laughs> they, weird.
0: They were. They were.
2: <laughs> and then so eventually what would happen is uh it would we would play through the four or five stages and all of a sudden we'd be back at the beginning and we would get some screen but we never really paid much attention because we were just I thought like, I up. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden we were back at the beginning of the game and we're like what the hell's happening? So we played through it twice and then we realized <laughs> we need to get all of these items. Um, so then we would then became committed to those items, and then were able to uh, to complete it. But one thing that was kind of strange with this game is that it was kind of nice to because how we were doing it, we played like three or five lives or something like that, oh, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. so we would we would switch off when we would lose all of our lives and. Right the way we were playing is that we're just staring at like the the buttons on screen that would tell us when we need to, you know, move or use the sword. Um, So it was sometimes difficult to enjoy the scene because we were so just focused in on what we needed to do. So it was fun to be able to have another person there because whenever you eventually lost, you could actually enjoy the scene. Um, And that's, I feel like how we ended up finding most of the hidden stuff in Dragon's Lair 2 is the person who wasn't playing was like, I see it. Um, so it was, uh, it was a good two, two man effort and it was fun. It was a good game. I actually really liked it. Like, I mean, they're I basic, but like it was, it was a pretty fun game to, to kind of dick around with for
0: a few hours. I would say a surprisingly fun multiplayer game.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Not that you would back expect back. it to be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: One other great thing about dragon's Lair as well that we figured out, dragons are too, sorry, is that it saves the items. Uh, and as long as you don't get a game over during that stage, then you would carry the items forward constantly. So we knew. So, you did, so if you lost, you didn't have to go back and repeat the whole game. You would just have to go back to. You would have to make sure you don't miss it at a certain level, and then that way, even if you died at the next level, you'd still have it. So. Yeah. And, yeah. And,
2: and the second one, you were time traveling as well.
0: Um, right, and world traveling, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where did you go? First, first you're in like this uh, weird uh, pit, I guess, like uh, with
2: prehistoric like, times, you know? It's like no, dinosaurs nothing? and oh,
0: stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go to the Garden of Eden, which is in Scott in the sky. Uh, and you have to try and make Eve eat the apple. These uh, two snakes are like,
2: make her eat the apple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're voice lines. Hey,
0: man. <laughs>
1: and and Eve
0: was a BBW uh, by all, by all accounts. So if you're in yeah.
1: BBWs,
0: you're going to love Eve. I,
2: I just have to say that like it was a very <laughs> sexy game. Um, all three of them were just very <laughs> sexy games. Not what I expected. Yeah, yeah,
3: responsible for children's classics like the land before time <laughs> really yeah. that's the same guy and the uh yeah and an american tale and uh oh and man
5: Alicia. the secret Fucking, of nim yep oh
2: Superman. secret of nim too damn uh, yeah and he also likes to draw half naked uh disney yeah. women
4: yeah uh what would I you love, love all movie. of those movies and yeah, yeah, you might like those... this game man
3: not to be a jerk, he wasn't. A, he's not a, a Disney person, but he did compete with, like that was his whole shtick. Was just like I want to compete with Walt Disney. Make uh, okay, movies. well,
2: th- the style looks very Disney. Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, well, I, else, I think he did work for him at some point, but oh, yeah, uh, yeah, he was yeah, a,
5: a big, important guy in the Disney the animation. animation. Yeah. Uh,
0: Left. Yeah. How would you damage Dragon's Lair? We can do many damage.
2: Uh, geez, I know they're fun. They're I don't know. I feel like you kind of need to. If you were going in there expecting something more than than what it is, you'd be extremely disappointed. But I don't know. I knew exactly what I was getting myself into. It feels yeah. like an iconic arcade game, and I kind of and it's it's how accessible the game is. And I think no matter what, you'll get something out of it. Uh, I I don't. I'm not going to give Dragon's Lair any damage. I thought it was really fun, and I think a lot of people would get a lot of giggles out of playing it.
0: <laughs> Super accessible. Uh, it's on everything. It's a lot of fun. Just you know it's not gonna be a deep game. You should play it. No damage as well. Woo. There you go. No damage. Dragon Slayer, check it out. Play it. Give it a chance. Uh cool. Right. So what's next? I know Shelby and I have some things to talk about, but before that, is there anybody else you guys have any other cool like I see a Warcraft thing on our board here?
4: I uh I started I started playing World of Warcraft. You're a again. bad person. You're not even playing classic either, are you? No, 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 no. I uh I don't have any desire to go back to the Dark Ages. Uh, <laughs> there are a ton of quality of life improvements that didn't exist when I quit in the Wrath of the Lich King that make the game um super accessible and easy to play in a more casual method than I was used to. Oh, fair yeah.
0: enough. Yeah, uh okay. Well, you don't get to play
4: with Sundary J that's just heartbreaking. I mean, he could play classic if he has. Uh, he, if he 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 could play uh, current because if he has classic, he has to have a subscription to current. And
2: oh, he he um, won't. We're we him classic, and I so. are way too deep into classic.
4: Oh uh, yeah, I'm not how going are back. How you enjoying
0: it? I'll keep hmm? talking. I asked how Left was enjoying it, but then I accidentally cut off Sean. So Sean, finish your
4: thought. No, no, I go ahead, Left. I would I would like to hear how Left's enjoying it.
0: Oh, I've been. I've been
2: really enjoying classic it was kind of this nostalgic kick at first um and now we've connected with a lot of people cuz like one thing about playing like the retail world of warcraft is that it's a very like solo experience nowadays and you you can enjoy the whole game by yourself and that's fine i i love retail world of warcraft too i don't play it anymore but it's a very different experience where you can just be by yourself and still pretty much experience everything in, in classic you need to have that group um so we we've been able to build or, or locate a good community that we fit into and we've been having a really good time with it um we he's he sundary j just hit 60 so he's kind of getting ready for end game i'm level 57 getting my way Dang. there so i'm gonna do molten core for my first time on tuesday and i'm really, really excited for it
4: it's awesome You've th- you have never done molten core before
2: no, I never. I, I during the original release of Vanilla, I was like a fifteen-year-old idiot kid, and I had no <laughs> clue what I was doing. Um, so I, I only started like doing like big raids in World of Warcraft and uh, Burning Crusade. So I'm excited to be able to, awesome. to get that opportunity.
4: Well, of that's it's awesome, of man! I'm, I'm really excited for you.
2: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Really liking the game. I mean, it's definitely a classic WoW, not for everybody. <laughs> Um, yeah. especially if you like come from retail and you like all these quality of life improvements that don't exist anymore are just crazy. But add-ons go a long way to make the game like a little bit more quality of life, but it's Classic it's been a lot of fun.
0: It's unplayable without mods. I a little bit, like, yeah. Back then I always played with mods pretty much yeah. after the first mods and, and uh changing your, your UI up, especially the UI. Like those you did not get enough room.
2: No, not at all. Not at
0: not all.
2: I'm I'm one of these weird people that want to see some of these quality of life ones come to classic. Like I want to see the barber, and I want to see just like you can't fucking dismount. You, you know, like when you use an ability and you're on your mount, like you need to like dismount. You just get an add on to do it. But there's all these small quality of life things. I hope that they eventually put it into classic.
0: But people would freak out if they did people know. would
2: freak yeah. out. Like Sundary J.
0: yeah, <laughs> he's a curmudgeon. He, he yeah. Because not- I was I saying
2: the other day how. Group. Yeah, because I was saying how I would like to have transmog in classics. It's not going to ruin anything. All I can do is transmog other stuff. Um, and he's like, "Nope, that's I don't want to see that." And I'm like, "Okay,
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a uh, that sounds like him. That's funny. What a dick." <laughs> don't worry, he he never listens. <laughs> uh, that's fun. Um, okay, so we had a listener request from um, BBQ Crew. He said that he missed the days when Shelby and I would talk about the movies that we watch. But little that people may or may not know that Shelby and I watch every second Friday uh, horror movies, random horror movies. We usually decide on the fly what we're going to watch. Usually, it's one that we think is going to be really bad, yeah, uh, like you know, like a teen movie or just like bad actors, and then one we think will probably be all right. And so this, this time we watched The Unwilling and The Earthquake Bird. Shelby, why don't you describe The Unwilling a little bit?
3: Um. Okay. So it starts. Oh, fuck I don't, jesus i'm just like it's all coming back to me now i'm just like oh no Bunch um, of cornbreads this movie. yeah a bunch of cornbreads uh if i need to explain that term at some point <laughs> that people understand but that is not right now uh so i just want to point out uh that there's a there's a creepy old man in it but he's actually like the motion actor and the model that they use for um the uh, the old guy at the beginning of Detroit Become Human, the guy in the wheelchair, if anybody played. Oh, yeah. I think Rob was the only other person who played, but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so it's basically about how there's, like, this weird cursed box, and it belongs to this old guy or whatever, and then he dies, uh, and it's, like, mm-hmm. basically established at the start that if you touch the box or something, like... I don't know. Some weird shit starts happening, like bad things, like re- really weird bad things. Anyway, so he dies, yeah. and then his family and some other people are gathered at the house of his son, who I guess has like OCD and who hasn't left the house in like 20 years or something. I can't even remember. Uh, but it's like revealed that the box kind of turns you uh, evil and it makes you do stuff that you don't want to do and uh, that kind of thing. So, like, it
0: gives you your desire and then it yeah. like takes something worse from you, I guess is the yeah. thing.
3: So you learn that the old man was a piece of shit and that he'd like yeah. his kids bad and all this stuff. But anyway, so uh it's just it's taking turns going through like I think it was like six people or something. There's
0: six, yeah, there's six characters. There's O C D cornbread. Yeah. Uh there was uh, Sister. Fun, uh try to be old try to be funny, old dude with young girlfriend. Yeah. Young girlfriend is uh, I'm not just a pretty face, I'm a nurse. Uh and was she a nurse
3: or was she a doctor? I don't even know She was a hospital.
0: nurse, I think. Okay. And then we had, yeah, um, kind of standoffish sister,
3: yeah, uh, and
0: coked out, uh, strung out, druggy brother who just wanted the, his hit.
3: Yeah, and so then the sister like, of the brother yeah. who was right plain.
0: Yes, I she think. was. And then, there, oh yeah, there was the the uh, wannabe beauty queen, uh, old lady who. Oh yeah, so the guy that the what yeah, I called
3: that's the sister of the the of the, of the main O C D cornbread. Yeah.
0: Oh, so okay. So OCD. Here's the family tree. OCD yeah. cornbread sister, the yeah. oldest woman there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll call her uh, Narcissa. She is also uh, divorced from the guy. Too old to have this girl. Guy shows up, and his girlfriend is with him, strung out. Uh, but oh, the um, the younger girl and the strung out uh, drug guy are mm-hmm. um, they're the nephew, right? Niece and nephew of yeah, um, yeah. of the old the, guy. So he brings him here i guess to steal their bodies
3: yeah Customer? so that was the. Th- i think that was the thing was just because like <laughs> the box like the evil entity living in the box lived through the fucking old guy until he died and then was randomly transferred to his nurse at the beginning of the movie and then she died yeah uh, and then eventually yeah so the box uh is there and then like at the dude's house while they're all reading the will uh and the like or they're supposed to be there for a will reading but it turns out the box is just there, and he's looking for a new body, kind of thing. And he does this by like um, the box, like things will pop out of the box that like. So f- I think at the beginning, like a gold bar popped out, and like the old guy uh, with the with the super young girlfriend took it because he was just like, "Oh, I want to be What's rich." That, so that money. His, his, yeah. That was his desire. So it like burnt the shit out of his hand, and then he just turned into like a crazy rape man. It was weird. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and- <laughs>
0: And then there was the guy got his drugs, and uh, yeah. one girl got. Oh, it's a, it doesn't matter. It's dumb. Uh, yeah. The acting is really bad too, which is kind of hilarious. It was yeah. enjoyable to watch, I found, yeah. it, but it was it was certainly not good.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, there's some really great special effects too. Like at some point they go outside and they just put like a weird, like dark filter over like what was clearly <laughs> daytime, and they were just like, "Why is it so dark outside?" And then all of a sudden you see what is that? And they look over and there's just like dark liquid but it's just you could tell it's and it's like filling up the entire screen but it's just you oh, know yeah. that it was just a small spill that somebody put onto the big screen so it looked totally out of place
0: oh my god it was bad yeah yeah, I mean, yeah just uh yeah it was a bad movie but 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 i found it fun to watch if you had a group i think it'd be worth watching Yeah, don't watch. i was stuff. high though and so that might have helped there you go it was, was also high. confusing so the, yeah anyways it was good the other movie was the earthquake bird yeah, which is a right. Netflix film based off a book, a novel by Suzanne I almost Susana feel
3: bad novel. spoiling this one because I feel like you have to go into it not knowing.
0: We won't spoil the
3: anything. specifics
0: about it. Yeah, it just follows this woman. She lives in Japan. She's a, a cracker.
3: She's an expat. Uh,
0: yep, yep. She's so yeah. She's uh, from. The, I guess she's supposed to be from the UK. Um, but in the movie, and... she's
3: from Sweden because it's Alicia Vikander. Yes. Alicia Vikander, at least I can't fucking remember which one of the other.
0: She, she's married to Fastbender, right?
3: Michael Fassbender. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's cool. He's a cool guy. And uh, yeah, so she's in Japan and, and she's being questioned by the Popo and the for the disappearance of this other girl. Little and she, exactly. And so you're the, she's the narrator of the film, but she's an unreliable narrator, so you don't know exactly what a hundred percent what's happening in the entire mm-hmm. film. And you're left like the whole time we we're like, Okay, I think this is happening. No wait, that's not happening. No, this is happening. So there's and, so many fake outs. Yeah, oh so gosh. many and, and some of the things that you see aren't you, what she's seeing but she's not seeing something that necessarily is there uh it's not a it's not a horror movie i mean it's a horror movie but it's not like a paranormal one or, or anything it's kind it's of like a thriller. Kind of a
3: thriller yeah but it's basically like who killed lily bridges and then it just goes from there
0: do uh, you think it was a good movie
3: i just here's the thing is i still don't know how i feel about it like even talking yeah. about it now i'm just like i don't know if i was it was frustrating at certain parts and i'm absolutely i was I think actually both of us were really scared of her. It uh, was stressful. Lucy, yeah, Lucy Fly or Louisa Fly or whatever was her name. But then she made people call her Lucy in Japan because I guess it was just easier for them or something. Yeah. But uh, yes. Um, so she, oh God, I don't want to spoil anything. She's creepy. But,
0: um, yeah. yeah the, like ang- anxiety, the good kind, because the mm-hmm. kind you want when watching a movie like this, the entire movie, you're on edge because you don't know what the fuck's happening. I don't know if it's good, but I know I enjoyed it. And yeah. I would say it's fun to watch, especially if you maybe have a couple of people who are cool with watching a movie and also gabbing a little bit because you're like, what the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like, and then having your theories because there's it, a lot of twists and turns. Mm-hmm. The entire like we really like went 360 with some characters. Like we were like, awesome. okay, this person did this. No, they did that. No, they're cool. No, they did this. Yeah. <laughs> so it really yeah, it's guessing. It's a lot of fun. Uh, surprisingly, but I don't know if it's good. But I just know I liked it. Yep yeah so that's uh, that's our movie review. we did it yeah uh, you guys got anything else to talk about before topic? Go once twice
1: topic <gasps>
0: Sage you can lead this topic.
5: I, I actually wanted Sean to lead this one because um, we've all have like uh, experience working in games, so uh, I think it's good to have that perspective. I, I guess sounds great. Sean, you, want, you want
4: somebody who's dumb to, to
5: lead? Yeah. It. No, some, that's some, what some, someone without like game dev experience, and maybe like because to maybe me, a, a lot of this stuff, like it might seem like too obvious to me. So right. maybe you can bring that fresh perspective. Yeah, for sure.
4: Uh, so last week we talked about. Uh, We had a little discussion offline about what we wanted to do for a topic this week. And I brought up that my favorite episodes of Bonus Barrel uh, as a listener are the ones when we get to hear the professional point of view of the team uh, who has like a combined, I don't know, 30 years experience making games or something ridiculous. Um, So. Uh, we, uh, we asked on, um, discord on the cartridge club discord to, for some questions and we got some, uh, from some listeners and then I have one myself that I'm going to tack on at the end oh, for all of you.
3: Nice. Oh shit.
4: Yeah. It's Surprise. a thinker. <laughs> uh, why don't you read the but, first uh, question? Out, then? So the first question is from, uh, from Pam. Uh, uh, she is the host of the YouTube channel cannot be tamed. And nice. she has asked when doing QA for console games, is any testing ever done in a realistic setting? Uh, an example of sitting 10 plus feet away from a TV rather than all on a desk monitor. When I worked in QA, she also was a, she worked in QA in uh, Ontario. Oh, cool. uh, we tested exclusively on monitors, and I was wondering if that's changed at all. Um, and then she has a follow-up question about accessibility because uh, one of the biggest complaints she has recently is that the text on console games is so small it's almost unreadable, and a lot mm. of them don't have an option to change that. So, uh, I, Left, I know you were... The most recently in QA, I think, from the group.
2: I still am. I still still do primarily QA work.
4: Um, so maybe you could uh, tackle this one.
2: Yeah, and I and I've actually been doing a lot of console stuff lately I, as well. So this this kind of ties in exactly what I've been doing at work. Um, but to the answer to the question is yes. Um, we typically when I do any console testing, we pretty much do it strictly on a television um as, as as if you were sitting on a couch playing at home um and i'm not sure what it was like back then but to me it seems crazy that you're just testing on a desk monitor that seems weird um because a really important thing that we need to be doing is checking different televisions you know especially nowadays with the different TVs that are out there there's like 4K monitors non 4K monitors we need to be checking all of these different things um, so no, absolutely. We go through almost as many different types of TVs and some monitors, but TVs primarily, um, when, when we go through the testing process,
4: what kind of a distance do you sit from them? Is it set up like a living room for you guys to play in, or are you still basically sitting at a desk?
2: No, it's pretty much like a living room. I, I pretty much the way, you know, to, if you could imagine it, like where we have our little pod of desks and then we have like a TV in between two kind of pods and I just wheel my computer chair over there. And as just kind of sit in front of it, as if I was playing. Now, one thing that, to, to from my personal experience lately, has been um, VR as well. So there's less movement that that I can do. Like I pretty much need to be in the safe area. Um, right. So it's not like I've been, you know, able to move around because it, you know, the games stop working. Um, so it's it's kind of a, a little bit unique in that regards. But no, it, it's you know nowadays we always do it on as many different televisions primarily as possible.
4: Okay, very cool. I know when Pam uh, did QA, it was back for the original Xbox, so things have probably changed um, since then, or perhaps the company she was with just didn't didn't handle it. What sounds like the best way to do it, because you would want to, I assume, replicate the uh, scenario that a person is going to actually be experiencing the game in, which it sounds like you guys do.
2: Oh, big time, big time. And like, without getting into all the nitty gritty boring stuff, but like, there's like massive amounts of, of work whenever, you know, a game is about to be released from from the QA side of things. And, you know, it's a massive checklist of things that we have to accomplish. And, you know, one of those checks is like, check all of these different resolutions. So you have to go through all of them. I don't know what it was like, you know, in the Xbox days, whether these massive checklists were just in their infancy or or what.
4: That's, I think that's really interesting because a lot of times uh, with modern games, they'll launch now and people will complain like, oh, how come they didn't pick up these bugs or how come these things exist? Why do I need a day one patch? And I think it highlights how important a good QA team is. And I think it also highlights just how like when you take because I can't imagine your QA team is more than 100 people. Um, oh it's God! No, much smaller than that. Um, <laughs> so when you take that game and you send it, suddenly you know you've got a million people playing it. That's a million different sets of eyes that could find something that might have might have uh, been missed or something that only exists in a certain specific set of uh, conditions.
2: Oh, so, exactly. And and the thing too is that like when I, what what I find is that like if you play, you know, if you test a game for too long, eventually you're going <sighs> to you're not going to see the things that if a fresh eyes would see on it. So when, like you said, like when a million fresh eyes are on this game, um, they're going to be finding things that, you know, the 20 QA people just, you know, since they got so focused on a few things, because you keep revisiting a few things because those are the big things. um, And then sometimes it's easy for the small things to get overlooked
4: this uh, this question might segue into uh, more of a design question if I'm, I'm and I'm probably using the term design wrong. Uh, do you, as a QA member ever get to the point where you're like, these are the things that we've found, but these three things are are game breaking or not or or these are the major ones. like do you ever who makes that decision of these are the things we need to fix before launch and these are the things we need to fix after the fact?
2: It's mo- mostly the dev teams that really make those decisions. You know, that's the key. we we prioritize the sometimes the degree of the bug. You know, minor, um, uh, trivial, minor, major, critical, and then blocker are typically the levels. Um, blocker obviously being that like you know b- progress is blocked from playing the game basically. Um, right. But we we assign those priority levels on the tickets. Um, But a lot of times, sometimes QA and and, and the devs will, you know, disagree on on the priority of it. And it's totally, you know, from my perspective, it's really up to them. Sometimes if we log a bug and they're like, we're not going to fix it, that's on them, right? Because that's that's a QA job is that we, we let them know and then they're the ones who basically decide from there the priority on what gets fixed, how it gets tackled.
4: Cool. You, identi- you identify the fault, and they decide the pre- the order with which they need to be repaired.
2: Exactly, because there's always a cost to everything.
4: Yeah, we do something similar at work when we're going into a refit period. We'll ident- the ship will identify these are the systems that have issues that need to be fixed, and here is uh, here's a list of what order we think they should be in, and then they they get together with the engineer team and they actually decide the actual order.
1: Yeah. Um, yes. Very similar.
4: <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, so, Seiji, uh, I want to maybe touch on accessibility with you. Um, Cause I assume you made all these fantastic sticky notes in this new program we're using. Um, <laughs> with uh, so, with regards to the the text, which uh, and, and Pam's not the only one I've heard say that. I've actually heard lots of people uh, say that this is a major problem uh, in a lot of uh, games now, especially console games. That, that that the text is so small you can't read it. How easy is it to put in a slider that adjusts the text? Is that, uh, you know, is that me being the guy who thinks you can make a Pokemon in 10 minutes? Uh, (laughs) And is that something that... uh, Did you
3: write that? Were you actually (laughs) the (laughs) one who wrote that?
4: No, I didn't write that. (laughs) Okay. No, I know it takes you guys at least 15 to make a Pokemon. Yeah,
5: 20 minutes, (laughs)
4: actually. That's right. I've seen Rob's one-hour doodles.
3: (laughs) Not not to interrupt.
4: No, that's good.
5: Um, every <laughs> every project, every company works differently. At least in my experience, uh, a lot of these considerations of what is possible and what is not possible tends to be related nowadays, anyway, with the engine that you're working on. So if your engine supports uh, font size changing very easily, like the slider itself, like it, that might not be. Uh, Complicated, but changing these scales, the kerning stuff, like all, all of that, usually it's an internal engine thing, right? And nowadays, like if it is supported, then sure, but then you still have to implement it and test it and it, that it works in every screen. So usually these kinds of things are not perceived as having like high ROI. Like I don't know, like I don't know how it's it's handled in other companies, but like if it seems that something that is beneficial for the product itself, it will get prioritized. And back to that thing about prioritization, like usually a lot of the obvious stuff, there's a ticket for it, like QA already spotted it. But then when it gets to like the production side, usually producers or the project managers or whatever, they have a certain amount of time and certain amount of resources to spend on on the project. And we're going to focus our energies on the stuff that we can do. And then that's it, like, Sometimes the game has to go out and then stuff gets put in the backlog and we fix it on a different version or whatever. So I don't know if that answers your question, but usually, I in, at, at the very least in my experience, there's a lot of consideration for the size of stuff and the placing and the spacing. If we're not using some colors that don't contrast very well on top of other colors and stuff like that, um, but only on specific cases and not like on like having an option to turn, you know, colorblind mode on. And I haven't had the experience of working on stuff like that.
4: OK, thanks, Pam, for your questions. Really appreciate it. And next we're going to awesome. roll to the next to the next question. And I'm going to toss this to Rob first, so you don't keep boring, and draw a bunch of and draw a bunch hey, of dicks on this. I'm on this not screen. bored. I am having <laughs> the most fun. <laughs> um, I think we should share this image with everybody, by the way. <laughs> <fantastic>. <laughs> Josh uh, from uh, at Frantic Society on Twitter, and he is the host of the Frantic Thoughts podcast and one of the co-hosts of the Quick Save Club podcast, which is a a PC game of the month club. It functions like a book club for gamers, specifically for PC games. Um, You can find both of those at cartridgeclub.org. So he asks, how much do other games inspire you when you're making games? And Rob, I wanted to start with you because uh, for anybody who doesn't know, you're a concept artist. So like a lot of your job is just your own imagination and your own ideas i assume um and maybe i'm wrong maybe you get like a list of hey i need you to make a character that looks like this do it uh so how specific are the the requests you get for for things that you make uh whether they be characters or uh you know backgrounds or ships or whatever um cool. and uh, how much are you inspired by the other games and other art that you see and then we'll after that we'll kick over to shell because she does uh, something okay. similar
0: cool cool, cool cool. cool. Uh, so the first question as to uh, how much creative freedom do I get on a concept depends entirely on the uh, designer I'm working with or how much direction we get. So for example, I work with one person who's super awesome about uh, going back and forth and coming up with uh, who who will take my ideas into consideration when designing the character. So I might get a brief about, oh, this person is this ethnicity, this age, uh, this is his function in the story. And then I might come back with, oh, I have some cool ideas based on this. So maybe I'll do this, this, this. I'll do sketches to look at it. I'm like, oh, I like that one. And then I'll go ahead and and proceed from there. That's one way. Other ways, I might just get a a few descriptions with nothing else to go on. Um, So I'll try to figure out what the function of it is in the the game. uh, And then try to make uh, the coolest thing I can. I always do a ton of research, no matter what I'm making. Like if I was making a clock then I'm going to go through... Like you know, uh, Pinterest is really good for this, but like Pinterest or Google or something. And I'm gonna, I'm going to download like dozens of inter- of different clocks, and then I'm going to really? maybe, oh yeah. And then I might Google things like, uh, you know, I might try to figure out how the clock works so I can come up with something unique for it. Uh, and then I figure, then I think about what kind of inspiration am I going for? Is this a sci-fi game? If it's a retro sci-fi game, then I might start looking up like '50s items, and then I'll take those '50s items and the clocks I have. And then I'll start doing little sketches of uh, trying to come up with elements that I like from those, uh, what might work. And then I'll just do like a bunch of like little shitty sketches. That'll go to an art director or whatever. It'll come back and forth. And then if, it, if they like, we get a good design idea, then I might take one of those or three of those that we like, clean up and do like a few more variants of each one. So you might come, you might take three of those thumbnails, have nine new designs, and then we pick one from there and then keep going. That's kind of how I would uh, tackle something with little reference. Uh, if there's so, a lot so of you- reference.
4: Mm. Yeah, you are influenced big time by the things that you research. Then there's a lot, but that's influence you go out and actively look for. You can't be um, a concept
0: artist without research.
4: It's almost no. impossible. It'd
0: be a good one at least. Yeah,
4: and I, I never even considered all of that work that you would have to put into designing these things. In my head, I'm like, oh, it's a clock. You just draw a circle and give it hands. It's a clock. No, no. I'll but, spend
0: uh... <laughs> I've spent hours gathering reference for things because oh, wow. you can't like the, the world is the best inspiration for you but uh, this will come back and play the other question that the question friend had. but the world is the best uh inspiration for concept you want to know the more you understand a thing the easier it is to design and like so if i if i want to design a car then i'm going to research cars so i have a good understanding of how they work so yeah i, I don't want to make because if you're like a concept artist for example i'm never going to be told or not anymore at least you're not going to be like hey make this uh this specific car uh, I'm not going to do that because that car exists. So, why would I redesign it? Why would they pay me to redraw that? Um, but I still need to know how cars work. So, I would still have a bunch of cars if I was making uh, something else, uh, if I was making a new one from scratch. But, like, we, it's kind of pointless to redesign stuff because 3D artists is just going to take a car if it's just a regular ass car. Uh, yeah. So, say you're doing a game like GTA. I would design, this is, I have never worked on a game like that, but theoretically, they would design things like, uh, you know, all the characters and stuff. Uh, but for all the vehicles and shit, which they probably have licenses for anyways, concept artists is not really going to need to concept those cars. They're just going to give them to the 3D artist to, to make. But if I needed to make up a, a unique handgun, then I would, I would, I would make that. And it would be based off of existing handguns so that we have a base in reality. So people will recognize what it looks like right away. So sorry, that was a that was a big verbal diarrhea. Frantic's question: uh, I'm super inspired inspired by other games and art. I have a uh, a couple hundred art books from different games and artists, uh, and I will frequently uh, look through them for inspiration or just to feel feel things that might spark something later. Uh, visual library is the most important thing for concept. Be and I'll and I'll buy. Oh, a really good little tip out there for people who want to be a concept artist: the DK published books like Earth, Bird, Warrior. Uh, they, a lot of them have very simple names. There's one called Tank, one called uh, Superbug. They are just like visual encyclopedias with like a bunch of facts and stuff. Indispensable. I have some of those on trees or rocks and stuff. I'll flip through those, try to find some ideas from those. They are really, really good.
4: And then there you go. Very cool. Um, so Shelby, uh, you are a character designer, correct? is that correct?
3: Uh, okay, so what I do where I am now um, is what you would call a generalist. I'm a three 3D generalist. Uh, which so is you, like you,
4: little... you direct a small army of animators then
3: no oh, God. <laughs> I, wish, the I, I fucking wish i had a small army of animators you have no idea <laughs> uh, no um yeah so like uh because our team is so small so like um i can't speak to how like where rob works like how that works now just because i know anyway um i not want to get into that but uh yeah uh so because we have um a super small uh dev team and stuff like we don't work with other studios or anything because I, I think with him like a lot of stuff is back and forth between other studios too if is that right or no
0: uh sometimes it depends where i don't know i don't want to get into specifics
3: yeah yeah anyway uh but yeah so a lot of um like i do a lot of different things like i wear a lot of hats i guess and that's the same for mm-hmm. like pretty much everybody um at our studio because we don't have time or budget or anything to hire like people for specific jobs so like um a lot of what i do is um i would i'm gonna call it light concepting because i definitely there's no way like i get into um like as in depth of shit uh, as rob because one i'm not that's not like my primary uh, thing like i'm not uh a concept artist at all but we still have to do it you know um so do light concepting there's um uh, uh fucking uh oh jesus sorry my brain is spaghetti right now uh but <laughs> yeah i do uh, building the the character in three uh rigging it animating it i went to school for animating by the way uh to 2d animating um and i Can do you explain a lot of what
4: rigging is because i You've said it three times, and I think oh, I know what it is. Okay, so you build you build a wrong. skeleton.
3: You build a skeleton right. for it, and then uh, on your mesh, you have, uh, like, it's made up of things like edges and vertices and polygons, blah, 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 and you would basically, like, assign each vertice, which is, like, a point, I guess, where, like, four, or I'm more edges meet, I guess, but you would assign a weight to that and tell it to follow a certain bone. So that's how, like, when stuff moves or whatever like those vertices are just falling it's like a puppet basically okay um, cool you're building you're building the skeleton for the for the puppet um but yeah so rigging skin weighting uh laying out the skin for the thing so you can texture it so it's basically like i like to um use the i guess uh example of when you peel an orange or whatever like if you peeled it all in one piece and you laid it flat like that's basically what your texture map would look like it looks like a like a fucking throw rug or something like it's a very scary thing to look at sometimes uh but then you would uh put your textures and your colors like whatever and mo- most of the time it works like that uh, but there are other ways to uh color models and things but i think that's like the, mo- the most common way to do it uh and then after all that animating uh, i say animating anyway whatever it's fine uh, and then you export it and put it in the game it really depends on how big your team is because if we were working at a bigger studio there would be a person for rigs only or whatever oh, wow. and would, okay. yeah uh and then just a person for animating only and then they probably have a person uh for exporting because there's like a specific pipeline that this person and uh the people in coding came up with like just stuff like that but um right yeah.
4: so you take rob's ideas hypothetically and you bring them to life
3: yeah kind of uh yeah i'd say so
4: yeah uh, now i understand that your current that's if you guys work together in the same company at your current company you sort of do a little bit of his job and you're doing your own job and you're probably doing somebody else's job it sounds like you're really busy um, oh yeah i don't yeah i don't know how you're gonna get 60 pokemon done an hour but um Uh, let's talk about let's talk about how much you're inspired by other games so you must see other games uh and and care and designs on the games and models on the games are you are you as inspired as rob is um when it comes Uh, to that stuff
3: well because where his thing is mostly like concept and figuring out how shit works and and whatever like i have uh less interest in i guess that visually if that makes any sense i like thinking about how stuff um and i'm not saying this is not what he does at his job or whatever but i like thinking about how stuff moves like how you're going to get character through animation i guess or how you're going to get a certain feeling through animation which you know what ideally if i could forever for the rest of my life just be animating i would be doing that but (laughs) when you work in a small studio you got to do a lot of stuff so.
4: Rob mentioned all of the research that he does and mm. how you know he wants to understand how a clock functions before he designs yep. a clock. Yeah. So it sounds like a good concept artist makes the animator's job easier by already designing the th- and that's not, 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 like, a, no, not you're right. like a derogatory, but it makes he could make your job easier by already designing a thing that says, you know, this is gonna function the way a clock would function, so that when you get it, you're not like I don't have to put bones in here where there's no bones because he made this look the way that it should look. Thank you.
3: But there's still the technical side to that is like he could say, This is how this is going to work. But then, how you build the rig is going to, he's not going to tell me where the bones are going to go. Like, that's not how that works. Uh, Because that's something that the person who's rigging it has to figure it out because there might be technical limitations. Like, you might have a limit to how many bones you can have in a rig.
5: Uh,
3: Yeah. Just shit like that. Uh, But ideally, they would be like, they would hand off something like that to you and be like, If we can get it to this, that would be fantastic. But you know technical limitations there's going to be some things that you can and can't do so yeah um but that's i wouldn't say that's necessarily true for animation most of the time because a lot of that is going and looking at how people are moving like um we call it acting in animation i guess
4: do you have one Um, of those little statues i see them on facebook um it's like a little person and you can it's posable and you can use it uh... to help draw stuff
3: well, I, I mean, I don't because like within three and you basically have it in 3d when you have something that's rigged anyway. So you don't really need one. Um, but right, I could see stupid. that'd be handy okay. for something, uh, for like Rob, what he's, what he's doing. I don't shit so he's so
4: Rob would do research before he does a concept on a thing. You would mm-hmm. research how a thing moves. So if you had to animate a cat or a, yes. a monkey or a person, you would be like, shit, I should probably watch some videos on how cats walk and not just try and figure it out on your own.
3: Exactly. Cause cool. you so everyone has an idea in their head, but like about how something works uh but then it, when you go and actually look at it you're like oh that's not how that works
4: so it's not yeah. just sitting and drawing it's there's a lot of there's like lot there's of- and yeah but there's a lot of it sounds like there's a lot more research involved i think when a lot of people think oh you're an animator or oh you're a concept artist is oh you just sit down and you think of an idea and you draw it but it's it's clearly way more than that it's
3: there's a lot of trial um, and error i'd say it's a very like iterative process there's tons of yeah and also considering feedback from literally everybody. Um, oh yeah. Right. Yeah, there are too many cooks in the kitchen. That happens so many times. I'm uh, glad you go. brought
4: that up because I do want to kick it over to Seiji because he's like the Sakaguchi of bonus barrel.
0: Um, <laughs> before, you, before you go there, uh, just one just uh, one point to add on to that. Uh, and Shelby's right about is um, does the your studio composition and size will affect your job role. Concept artist at a mobile studio is going to be a bit different than one at a big studio. The fundamentals remain the same, but they're there, you know, like I don't do just concept art. I wish I did. But unfortunately sometimes I, I make finished assets and stuff too because I work at a smaller studio. But would at a bigger rather, studio
4: Oh, I'd rather would do you rather concept. Be, so you'd rather be at a bigger studio where your job all day long is just concept art?
0: yeah like i would like for example it gets really nuanced too like there's like people who might just be just concepting creatures or just concepting props same with with 3d artists too there'll be people who will just do just characters like there's character artists uh, you know there's props artists there's environment artists who do yeah. you know all this shit. like there, there is thousands of mini positions within each main position and it's affected by where you work too i just want just for people considering like if people are asking about how this stuff works, uh, it's, 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 yeah. there's a lot of uh, nuance. It's
3: it's good if you can wear many hats. So try to make yourself as versatile as possible. Cause, yeah. uh, or
0: be the best at one thing. Like just, just to, not, not double advocate, but yeah. there are people out there who've been hired uh, because they do fan art, for example, of like uh, Blizzard fan art over and mm-hmm. over and over again. And Blizzard will see that and be like, these guys would be a great fit for us. And then people have gotten jobs that way. And uh, so, but if you're gonna be the best at one thing, if you're not gonna wear many hats, like Shelby said, you got to be really fucking good because otherwise, you're just gonna look like everyone else, and you can't do as much.
3: Uh, I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. Also, you want a job in the industry? Fucking do some UI because we don't have UI artists and we need them. (laughs) You'll
0: get paid more money
3: and way more
0: jobs. You just have to just look it up. Yeah. If you're up there, people will fight
3: for you. People will fucking. Oh my god. They'll kill it's in, it's tired. enraging, uh,
0: and I've had to do UI before, and I don't I yeah,
4: hate it. Awful. But if you can, if you yeah. like it, what do you mean like draw menus and stuff? Or you just yes. draw menus. Yeah, I make how hard menus. that be? No, it's,
3: but it like can be hard. Bad for your soul, and it's like yeah, you like think oh this is gonna work away or work a certain way, it's gonna be great, and then somebody can come back and be like, uh yeah, nothing was clear, so redo it again, and you're just like fuck. <laughs> if so. you want a good like
0: uh, a good a good like two endpoints to um UI stuff like. If you want to see, like, take the icons of uh, Team Fortress 2 and compare them to the icons of World Warcraft, and that kind of gives you the gamut of where you can go with UI. And,
4: and I'm very it. curious as to which one you think is the good one. I, I like to League look at this. Don't. But they're both good. Oh, okay. okay.
0: They're both good. They're both good in different ways. I'm not good at simplifying things like that. Like to make something look appealing with only a couple colors, and I mean icon iconography. I'm just not good at iconography, or or I should say I don't like it um but it's completely valid and when it looks great like it looks like the team fortress 2 stuff is awesome but it's so different than blizzard stuff and that's just shows you how much variety you might need as a ui artist as well
4: cool but everyone wants one so (laughs) yeah uh so cg i do want to kick it over to you uh especially to find out how much you're inspired by games because your position is one that I still struggle to identify what it is you do. In my head, you are the the guy who's making the decisions. You're telling Rob, I need this concept art. You're telling um, uh, Shelby, I need you to animate this thing. Left is reporting to you. Here's the bugs you're making. Like In my head, you're that guy at the top of the pyramid. But uh, that might not be accurate. So start by letting us know. I think you're a designer, I think. <laughs> and to me, that seems way more important than it might actually be. I don't know. <laughs>
3: oh, no, boy.
5: Um, <laughs> no, a designer is, is is basically someone that writes specifications, right? Will give you your, your rules of the game. But I don't set the direction. Right? Uh, usually the direction is set up at a higher position. Okay. At the very, very top people. Um, but let's say we were making a tic-tac-toe game. So I would be the guy that would say, oh, you have a grid. And there are circles and there are like the, the crosses. And when you uh, match three, this happens. Like that's, I, I would write a document with all the visual representations of how it needs to work, the rules, edge cases, and then circulate that amongst the the team. Go to art, go to QA, go to like... that's See, that's where my confusion is coming in. Yeah. Because
4: the, the guy at my job, I mean, I'm in the Navy, the guy that hands the work out to the different departments because there's, we have... Uh, five or six different departments on the boat. The person who hand, who hands us the job list, that's our boss. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're handing out the the job list of the requirements if this is what we need, but you like you're not Rob's boss.
5: No. Are you? no. I mean I not mean in the know. scope of the show you are, but No, we're in completely different <laughs> departments. Um Yeah, not even- okay. Usually yeah. art and design are are two parallel departments. They don't have any like hierarchy involved between those two departments. So do the programmers report to you then? Like no, nobody reports to me.
0: (laughs) His job is so confused.
4: (laughs) But but you write you write the specifications of this is what the game needs to do, right? Yes.
5: This is how it works. Yes. Everything passes through me somehow, but not through any sort of command chain. It's just Okay. Somebody higher in grade in uh, would tell me. Hey, this is what we need to do. Write the rules, right? And then I'll go right. and, and discuss with the with the business part of the uh, of the company, right? Okay, so what is it that you actually need? And they'll, they'll tell me, and then I'll say, oh, that doesn't work like that. We cannot do it this way because of this and this and this. Maybe we should do it this way. And then they'll clarify the the actual goals of the product, and then I'll go and you know make it work. Make that vision work in a way that can be built. Right. So, I I make, basically, in a way, I translate a lot of business goals into an actual thing that can be built. Right. I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> it, it,
4: like everything you're saying makes sense. The part I'm struggling with is you tell somebody what to do. No, no. I don't
5: tell anyone what to do. I just, <laughs> I just describe how the game should work
4: if you give me as if i was a programmer and you gave me a list that says you need to make a game that has a grid that has x's and o's when you match three this happens you're my boss
0: (laughs) (laughs) look at it it this way i I gotta jump in look at it this way concept artist is the first person who designs what a thing looks like i'm not the boss of the 3d artist and the 3d artist is not the boss of an animator they are just one part of the chain to make the final project the producer I think okay. It's, it's better to
2: look at it as a as a massive collaboration of people. And there's no like there there is a hierarchy, but like a lot of the roles that we're talking about, like the programmers, the artists, the designers, there it's a big collaboration between them where the designers are designing the game mechanics, the artists are the ones who are making it look Amazing and then the programmers are the ones That are you know bringing all the coding And the back end stuff to life so it's a Collaboration between those three there's no There's no hierarchy as the way that You seem to be envisioning it
4: Okay so it's more like a web instead Of a pyramid
2: probably Yeah there's still a bit of a pyramid but That's there is there is but but from what We're talking about I can't
4: hear that I can't hear If you say there's even a little pyramid I'm gonna get (laughs) 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 Sorry because at my work like I come obviously I'm in the military so I come from a, it's very hierarchical it's you know this is, yeah. this is this person's this is this person's boss uh, but there uh, it does spread out at the at the technician level so I'm a technician um there's five different sections each section has a P2 which is my rank each section has a master oh, seaman which like is the that. rank.
2: what I thought you uh, were not
4: a, yeah what I thought you were P1 I yeah second class um each section has a master seaman but those five master <laughs> seamen are all on the same level. Wow, They're wow. not. Anyway. Yeah. And funny. then they have... Okay. So I, I I think I sort of understand a little better now. Um, so it's Josh's question. Seiji. Um, <laughs> do you even have the flexibility to be influenced by other games when you're writing up your list of demands? <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> a very,
5: that's a very interesting <laughs> way of wording that list of
1: demands. <laughs> Yeah,
5: you're still a boss. So, so I think Rob <laughs> is the one that has mentioned this many, many times about how nothing is created in a vacuum. And the same goes with with games. Like um, we have to be playing games all the time. Designers, maybe even more so than anyone, because we need to check how stuff works. We need to check uh, trends, what's what's trending, what's charting, and look at those games all the time, see what they're doing that is new, that is novel, and trying to keep up with with the trends of the market, and then take the best out of those systems, and like. and try to to understand those systems very very well. Why they work the way they do, why they have each. So, game systems sometimes can be very complex, especially like in mobile. It's stuff that it's very layered, depending on on if you're a. A very highly engaged player, like if you're playing many, many hours a day of a certain game, or if you're not, if you're spending. So all of these cases need to be supported, right? So that the game is fun for everyone that is playing the game. Uh, that is very complex to do. And those systems, sometimes they're brilliant. Like as a designer, you see them and you're like, oh, I see. This is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So then you, when you're making a feature for your own game, then you, you're you completely inspired um, sometimes you're outright copying stuff, but it needs to work within your own context, right? So, um, I don't know. I, I, at the very least, in my case, in, in how I work, we're always talking in terms of other games. Like, oh, have you played cool. this game? They do this when they do that. And then we want to do something like that, but with a little bit of this other game and this other game. And if you're not, that's why I'm always playing mobile games also, right? Because you use that as a reference and then when you're in a meeting and then somebody brings up a bunch of games that you never played like the first thing that you go and do you go back to your desk is go and download those games and make uh do a lot of research and play 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 and and read about other people experiences and what they like and what they didn't like and and then there's a, the actual part that is more technical and design which is you know actually balancing stuff and you know all that that makes the game feel good uh, That it has a nice progression that it has you know all the all these things that have to do with numbers for the most part yeah
4: and we can see that inspiration even in con like especially in console games if you look at something like breath of the wild where not none of the ideas were particularly unique or uh, groundbreaking on their own but they were all pulled from different uh, uh other games of the same sort of genre and so you could tell that those designers would have been influenced by the other the other games uh, in that In that style. Is that sort of how it is?
5: Um when you isolate systems, like yes. Like you can you can see, but it's complicated because it it depends on what you're trying to do. Usually in these kinds of games that are very, very large, like you might have someone that is at the very top that sees everything, but most of the time you just see the stuff that you're working on. And you have to understand everything, yes, but the one of the things that i see people outside of development they frame their arguments as if games were made by one person right
4: yeah the boss the guy who's the, the guy in charge the director <laughs>
5: so if, <laughs> like if you're making your a game just by yourself like the amount of or the, the stuff that needs to be done is the same as if it's a larger team meaning there's graphics there's code there's sound there's production and all these kinds of things um and it, but if you're the one guy doing it you have full control and you can do whatever it pleases you but there's an element of collaboration that is very complex to manage right so sometimes even if you have like a, a small team people don't agree on everything right so sometimes what okay. you see in in the final product is just you know the consensus right the what what you could do between the agreement between people you know, the people and the time that you have to spend and all these kinds of things. So there, it's a complicated operation.
4: Yeah, it's definitely, making games definitely isn't simple. Um, Lef, for you from a QA standpoint, and now you have your checklist of things. You're like, you know, they, they want you to check specific things. You want to look for things. You're obviously looking for, for bugs or things that stall gameplay. Do you ever uh, have the option, or is it required that you do uh, just all the time, say things like hey you know what i'm I'm playing the game or i'm doing this thing or this aspect of the game works better in this other game or is there much influence in because obviously you're influenced by games you play so when you're qaing a game do you do you ever think this is done better in another game and if so could you report that up and say hey this is sort of clunky
1: um
4: kind of yeah
2: in in some cases it, it certainly depends on the project um especially because like the way the way that i kind of work is that we do like testing for other companies games so like a company a small indie studio needs qa they can contract the company that i work for we also have a dev team in our house that does their own stuff but a lot of the stuff that i do is for outside stuff so it really it's a project for project basis on whether or not they will want our suggestions and our feedback and and to to that degree, um, so that that's a really case by case basis. Um, you know whether they're they're interested in suggestions. A lot of the times, they realize you know these QA guys probably play video games in their free time all the time as well, which is pretty much true for almost everybody. Um, so you know they they do usually listen to our suggestions if we do you know hey you know what about this instead um, you know a lot of times they will a lot of the times it's you know it's too it's far too late to make those kinds of changes um, really depends on on what level the game is at when we get it in QA um, because a lot of these options that we see were, you know it's just like if we hey this would be better if you did it this way it's like well we're, we're we're too far committed to this so they they can't really go back and make those changes it'd be too expensive um, but you know, project per project, it really, really varies.
4: Very cool. There's so much involved here, and to, I would like to, if that's possible. Um, If you have more
0: questions, we can add it to it.
4: Definitely could. I would like to end this episode on my question, which isn't written down, uh, if possible. It's probably boring as all fuck for you guys, but this is super interesting for me. So we're going to, we do have more questions here. We have uh, four more questions. We're going to come back and answer those in the next episode, so this is going to be an awesome bonus bonus uh barrel but not an actual episode of bonus bonus barrel but it's a bonus to the regular bonus barrel um two-part uh question of of listener questions on game development which uh if you're anything like me i know is super interesting and we're just going to end this show um i have a a question for you to the the three um uh four the four uh panel um and it's why video games why um why did you decide that as a concept artist you wanted to draw concept art for video games shelby why did you want to animate games and not you know movies or cartoons or work go work for what was that guy's name ron goldsmith jeff jeff goldblum <laughs> dragon's there <Lair> guy <laughs> down um, don bluth right yeah and you know sagey why program for games like, uh at, you know not just like regular boring math apps or something uh <laughs> and and left like i want to know why you guys chose games Um, So we'll start with Rob, because it's been a while since he talked, and there's way more dicks on this map now. I
1: haven't
0: grown. Um, I don't know exactly. I wanted to be a comic artist since I was a kid. Oh, after First, I wanted to be a paleontologist, but then I wanted to be a comic artist, so I went to school for animation because it was the closest one, and I knew I could learn art stuff. Uh, That didn't really go anywhere. Uh, So on my own self-study for years, I was just using things like ImagineFX and learning how to paint with the goal of i'll just be a better artist and then maybe i can do comics or something but not really working towards that uh i don't know what it took to really think oh i could actually make games because for the longest time i didn't think that was a viable option uh but then i think i was playing robot unicorn attack <laughs> it's and game. Uh, uh, yeah and a friend was saying like "This is a school you can go to for this this i'm like you know maybe i could just do art for games uh and then i just started focusing on that yeah that's very good and for as far as concept goes I didn't think I'd actually get a role like that because it's really hard to get because it's pretty elite, just like me. Um, so I, Boy. you know, I didn't think I would would get it, but uh, but creating, being creative is my favorite thing. So that's why I like concept. Art. Uh,
4: well, as a fan of your art, um, I definitely, you are excellent at it. Uh, you can yes, see it. the the effort and the love that you have for it. So I'm glad that you got that, uh, that you ended up where you wanted, whether you didn't think you were going to get it or not. Yeah. Uh, and that's thank you. No, no sarcasm. Um, <laughs> Here are there what about you Shelby
3: um yeah so originally I wanted to go into um animation for like uh movies and tv and shit um
4: yeah because you could work for
3: Disney like everybody I think everybody who goes into animation has that dream and it just depends on how uh beaten down you feel at the end of school (laughs) that if you're able to make it to Disney or not wow (laughs) this <laughs> well, well, well. sounds really depressing but i mean I f- that's that's my that's my take and my truth on it but um no i think eventually um like at the end of school and stuff it was uh i hadn't even considered games really uh and then my first job ended up being working on uh working in a studio for doing mobile games and stuff and i think i like just kind of how um you can work on something and then i don't want to say it it doesn't take as much time i guess because with movies and tv there's like a lot of it's it's a lot more artsy i guess and artsy fartsy kind of like and and the composition of of things and how they look on screen and blah 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 like you have to think a lot more about that i'm not saying you don't have to for games but i'm just i find uh with movies it's in tv it's even more so but i just kind of like how like self-contained I guess games are and how you can work on something and then it's off and it's gone. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to stare at it for two years, like if you're working on a movie production or something. Uh, and when you're constantly iterating and stuff. Um, because I find my attention span for stuff like that is very short. So if I had to sit and work on the same fucking thing for two years, don't think I could do it. Um, but yeah. Uh that's very cool. Yeah.
4: Uh, I'm I am also glad that you are in games forward to playing something that you have worked on uh if it ever if any of them ever eventually come to a system that i own either mac switch ps4 or xbox one <laughs>
3: Yeah, any of my games actually ever fucking no i'm not gonna say that oh that's dangerous <laughs> oh god okay yeah.
4: nope just a nice comment to say Just
3: say thanks <laughs> yeah let's cut let's cut that out cut that out jesus lord
4: okay uh left why games why uh what made you go you know what i gamers lives better
2: uh, I, I, my, my path was a very unorthodox one. I don't recommend it to anybody. Um, <laughs> like for, for the longest time, like my entire life, like I wanted to be like a writer that, that was kind of like my calling for the longest time. And like, I kind of just ended up working shitty call center jobs for the longest time. Oh yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people can sympathize with that. Um, and then the, I was working for a long time at a particular one and then they closed down. And then a friend of mine who worked with me got the job as a QA, and then they're like, oh, you you know, apply here, they're looking for people, and then I I got involved in QA. It was never something that, like, I wanted to get into, because to be quite honest, I never thought I was smart enough to do any of this kind of stuff. Um, So it's something I actually just kind of fell into. And we kind of talked about it on the the left BBB that that Sage and I did, where you know when I first got into it, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be playing video games for a living, and total misconception on on everything. So it, and it kind of has evolved from there. And to be to be honest, like I like so much of what I have I my my actual professional career goals kind of started with bonus barrel with meeting Rob and Sagey because they're the ones that made me think more critically about video games and and there was another friend of ours um named named David who also really kind of like helped me realize that you know and you can you can do anything in the video game industry as long as you really work at it hard enough and it's not something I ever thought I was able to do and you know uh, sure enough it's something not only that that I can do I feel like QA is something I'm, I'm excelling at I'm, I'm trying to branch off into other stuff i just kind of finished like a four month design thing i'm trying to be the new sagey um Woo! so Woo! i'm you been, be just... <laughs> yeah, i want to <laughs> be the
1: boss yeah i want to be the boss
2: <laughs> so so like that that's where my aspirations lie and it's it's not something i ever really like i kind of fell into it to be honest but now that i'm here it's it's exactly where i would like to be um and i'm just going to keep working at my at you know working in this industry to try to get as much experience doing everything as much as i can because it you know, working any other job that I have never really had the fulfillment that when you work on a game and then when you see that game go live and then you see people enjoying it, it was like a really, really cool experience. And, you know, professionally that's, that's just after, after the first thing I ever worked on went live and I kind of saw like a forum post of people enjoying it. You know, ever since that happened is when I realized this is the industry that I want to be
1: working in.
4: That's a left, that's an awesome uh, story. And if you are listening to this And you're thinking man i would love to work on games but i don't think i can do it i would i don't know where to start um just find a job and apply for it you know what i mean like yeah you know what i mean that's it's so awesome to hear that
2: then there's there's so many resources out there too um like you know as someone like i'm 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 trying to get into game design and like i i have a little bit but like i'm i'm no sagey and you know, I, I do a ton of research into the topic still. And, you know, with the internet, it's, it's easier than ever to kind of find those sorts of resources. And, you know, even, even things like bonus barrel is, is good for that kind of stuff. I would, I would look elsewhere most of the time, um, not, or, or look at anything, say anytime Sagey talks, just shut up and listen to him and you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll learn
0: a lot. Man, you'll, that's, you'll, that's you'll good life Sage. advice. You know. I, frankly, I don't think Sagey's all that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Uh, He's we a did breath of say- the
0: wild bonus barrel.
4: Uh, oh my god. The, oh my the best god, ever. <laughs> <laughs> everybody
1: thinks he's the best.
4: Uh, oh, this is so fantastic. Um that's that's such a great story that you were like, I want to be a writer. I work at call centers, and I have worked at call centers as well, and those suck. Um yeah, I'm so glad that you found your passion. Um yeah, you uh, and, and, in an unexpected place.
2: Yeah, and for me, like a lot of my like writing creativeness that I would like to see, you know, kind of Aspire in a professional setting and is why I want to do it a, a little bit of design, too, because, well, it's not writing. It's it's certainly a very creative aspect that I want to get involved in. So, you know, it satisfies my need to to want to do that. That sounds pretentious. But, yeah,
4: no, no. But there's a, like, And that's it's just like steps. Right. You started out in QA. You were like, I really enjoy this there's a passion here i want to do more you're taking courses to learn how to design to be a better designer um eventually you'll be doing that you'll be a designer doing that and then you can be like okay I now i want to work into writing and i want to get into more like you can there's nothing to stop you from just continuing to keep going and hitting those targets and eventually you know when we'll, we we'll be reading a credits for a game someday and it'll say you know a uh, story written by uh by lef <laughs>
1: just left
4: it will say, uh, yeah left. Bonus
0: barrels I, left.
4: I brain almost, brain. I almost read his real name. Just right in front of me. That's, <laughs> um, that's so cool. I mean, I, that, that warms my heart. Uh, hashtag bring left back full time. Um, <laughs> lastly, uh, Seiji. Um, why did why game Seiji? Why not? Uh, why didn't you make uh, Superstores uh, Optimum Points app?
3: God, you know, it'd probably be a lot better if you worked. You'd on make
5: it. more money, probably. Fuck. Anyway, um, I actually worked on on. On something similar for convenience store chain back in Mexico, but uh, uh, why games? Well, because I was a very nerdy kid, and I liked games a lot. So very early on, I I decided that hey, I wanna I wanna make those things that I like so much. But uh, my my dad was an a dentist, my mom was an accountant. Neither of them were very technically oriented, nor knew anything about computers. So for the longest time, I just said that I wanted to make games, but I didn't know exactly what that meant. And at the time, I was subscribed to this magazine called Club Nintendo. And they had a, a like, fan letter section where they would answer the letters from the, from the readers. And, and there was, I was reading one of those. And, and one guy said, hey, I want to make games. Like, why, What do I need to do? And the people in the magazine, they said, well, you should learn programming and you should learn C and stuff like that. Some some nonsense uh, um, answer like that. And that was my only source of information. Like, I, I, there was no Internet back then. So I was like, OK, so I'm going to study programming, whatever, like computer science and and that's what i did based on that information it sounds very silly but that's what i did so when i went to university i chose computer science i started computer science i noticed it has nothing to do with making games <laughs> but i did learn programming and i was sort of okay at it and just so happened that when on my last year of university mobile gaming company moved to town and i applied for a job there i got a job and that's how I started making games. And like I, I knew some programming and I was starting to learn how to transform that knowledge into actually making a game. But from a very technical point of view, like like what, what, what is a game, right? It's, it's, it's like making animations in real time. That's what, what you learn from a programming point of view. So I was learning how to move, you know, points on a screen from one side to the other, learning about, you know, clearing the screen and screen buffering and all these kinds of things. And then I got a job in gaming, and I loved it. And I loved it ever since. And 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 to what they were saying about um, you would be better off economically working outside of games. Yes, that is true. I've worked outside of games. The job security is better. The pay is better. Um, and software development is, in a way, it's easier, but why I remain why I chose to remain in gaming in in game development is because that matches what I want to do outside of work. So I don't see work as just work but as part of what I just enjoy to do. So that's why I, I'm I got into games and why I remain in games. Games are the best game. So you-
4: yeah, you're happy I think is the answer. You may be able to make more money in in another avenue but you're happy making games and that is more important ultimately than than uh than how much you make. Uh this is great. Thank you guys so much for this. This has been a great episode. I can't wait for next week to ask some more of these questions. Um I would if this whole show was just you guys talking about games uh development and uh, the industry and what you know and your experiences, uh, I would be the happiest subscriber. But well,
0: I, anyway, I hope people enjoy it uh and that they're entertained by it
4: yeah so uh that's all for this episode i'm gonna kick it back over to rob so he can do as usual
0: um, cool well thank you all for listening uh i hope you had a good time i had a great time on this episode it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. and um yeah so if you have any more questions we record in like two weeks so throw them throw them our way and throw them with sean really and he'll get them to us sean's kind of like the secretary of uh, bonus barrel, so just uh you know, send it to him and, uh, and uh, we'll do it. So, thank you uh, for listening. I am Rob. I'm Sean. Shelby. Left. And <laughs> Seiji. Bye. That was
1: fun. Bye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the first thing you got to do when you can draw something is draw a wiener. There are a lot of dicks on this page. <laughs> Maturity level 100%.